Now, the wealth protection diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating. Her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Today, we're going to tackle the topic of pricing strategy, which is emerging as the most important resource for companies to increase their competitive advantage. The vast majority of companies have spent years achieving gains through cost-cutting, outsourcing, process re-engineering, and the adoption of innovative technologies. However, the incremental benefits from these important activities are diminishing, and companies need to look at other areas to improve their business results. Joining me today is Per Chauforce, a thought leader in the world of pricing strategy, a prolific writer, international speaker, and founder and CEO of Atenga Inc., an organization of business people who bring experience from more than 70 industries and 400 projects to your company. They use in-depth, practical pricing research, deep analysis, and competitive intelligence to help their clients price their goods and services correctly and make better business decisions. Their website is atenga, A-T-E-N-G-A, dot com. So, Per, welcome back to the show. It's been a while since you've been here. Thank you very much, Sherry. Um, it's always a pleasure, of course, and, and I'm happy to be on the show again. Good. So let's first, uh, I want you to define and then share, of course, your insight into what really is a pricing strategy. Well, anybody who sells anything has a pricing strategy. Sometimes it's a a very simple pricing strategy. Actually, more often it's a very simple pricing strategy where companies maybe take their cost and and slap on a a fixed margin. Um, They may pay their price to a competitor or then we have the ever popular to to figure out the price that just feels good for whoever sets the price. Um, but that's really what um, what you want because when you, when you have using these uh, simple um, pricing strategies, you, um, you you leave massive amount of money on the table, and uh, not only do you see your revenues uh, are to become um, subpar, so does your profits, your sales level. The right pricing strategy is is to set a pricing strategy that is aligned with your cu- uh, customer's willingness to pay. And, and when you set your pricing strategy to that willingness to pay, it is not unusual to see a doubling of profitability at the same time as a sales growth also double. Um, and, and for those who um, have equity in, in companies, this is really important because it can more than double um, the shareholder value. Mm. Well, when you talk about, because your company, Atenga, I mean, you guys go in, you've helped, you know, some pretty large, you know, probably Fortune 500 companies really look at that what is a customer willing to pay? And I think, you know, as a business owner, and certainly I hear it a lot out, you know, people are afraid to ask for more money. 
And, you know, we've been conditioned that way, right, to set a price and, you know, with the, the, the big box stores all discounting and everything. How do I really determine, how do I really figure out that research to know what is my customer willing to pay and feel good about it? <laughs> well, um, pricing pricing um, is the is really the most powerful marketing message of the um, of the benefit that you give to a customer. So, um, if if you it really depends on what your business is. If if you are selling a commodity product, <clears throat> then um, your wiggle room is 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 fairly limited, and, and the challenge then is to find ways to decommoditize the product. And that can sometimes be um, quite interesting with, with adding content. For example, um, do you know that, I mean, obviously, um, uh, um, inkjet printers are, are really a fairly commodity product. Um, they're, they're very low cost. And um, what HP has recently done is that they started to bundle in a, a subscription of, of New York Times with their printers. So suddenly you have content that adds value and increased willingness to buy with their printers. So they found a way to decommoditize themselves. And once you've done that, um, you, you gain some level of pricing power. It's obvious it's a lot easier when you're selling, like you say, a commodity, a printer or a you know, box of juice. How about service businesses? This is where there's a typical a big struggle because people don't value enough of their education, their knowledge, their expertise. So how do you do you work with service based organizations? How do you differentiate that? Yeah, absolutely. There, yeah, there's a there's a particular process. So so the story here a little bit to, to provide some background maybe. Um I've, I've had a chance to run a couple of companies in Europe and a couple of companies here in the U.S., and, and we did experiments with pricing. Some of those uh, worked very well, and some completely blew up. And what I'd learned in business school about pricing and what I can read about pricing was simply way too academic. It was nothing that I, as an executive in these various companies, could, could do anything um, with, or I could do very little with. And... Um, so I set out to develop this process to make pricing practical. And, and that works really for um, just about any industry and any product or any service. And it's about to measure willingness to pay, which you can do very accurately, and then measure what, what we call value drivers, position drivers, and how those affects willingness to pay. Now, those drivers could be um, features and functions, of a product or a service, but it can also be just how you go to market. It could be your marketing messages, and and, and it can be your position your company. So all of this means that once you have this information, um, finding the right price is actually a very simple process. Um, gathering the information is not so easy. Mm-hmm. And, and and that is the process that we used um, ever since we started, and, and um, um, we now actually are up to about 500 projects we've done, and, and we have 499 references. Wow. 
So, yeah, yeah and, that, you know, it's it's a big part. Obviously, you know, everything is is based on pricing, but I think a lot of businesses, they don't understand. I mean, you guys have been doing this for, you know, about eight, nine years now, I think, and you've worked with, you know, very large to, I'm sure, all kinds of, of businesses, as you said, different industries, but how many people do you see, you know, start a business or they're in business after so many years and they don't really spend enough time looking at their pricing? Uh, it's interesting that you ask that question because what, one of the inputs to, to having me starting the, the, the company was uh, I've been through uh, this, this typical pricing meetings, which is an afterthought, you know. Suddenly you have to... Um, you're starting to get sales inquiry for a new product, for example, and nobody really knows how to price it. So, so you have a pricing meeting, and 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 there's a sort of an ocean of opinions in that meeting, and the only hard data, if any hard data is is present, it's what the CFO says. This is the product cost. So, um, <clears throat> so so um, many startups and and. Uh, we work with anything from startups, pre-revenue companies to um, to Fortune 500s, as you said. And and in startups, it's it's really really key to um, understand um, that willingness to pay because you, in a startup you you don't have any any room to make mistakes, and um, people are not really taught. Um, how important pricing really is, and, and that goes back to what they teach you in business school. It's it's just way too academic. It's not practical enough for for a company of, of any size really to to do much with. Um, so in the startup scenario, this is this is very key. And, and if I just can finish, the 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 most common mistake that startup companies do, especially if they have a um, some kind of disruptive product, is to price price themselves the way whatever they price. And then they have a disruptive product, they only sell to early adopters. And early adopters are very, very few. And these early adopters buy for all different reasons, but low price is not one of them. So <clears throat> the result of all of this is that you go to market with a disruptive product, you sell very little, you look at what you promised your investors and you look at your cash balance and you panic and so you drop the price. And if anything happens, you will sell even less. And then you can't raise it again and you die. Mm-hmm. Yes, well. So... <laughs> Well, but, but there is actually statistics out there, uh, a study that was made by um, uh, McKinsey uh, quite a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, and then uh, the Wall Street Journal did something similar um, about two years ago, and both of them found that, that pricing errors accounts for more than half startup failures. When we come back, I'm going to ask Pert Chauffeurs, the founder of Atenga, to talk about the importance of research. So you understand in detail the value and decision drivers of your buyers and how that affects their willingness to pay for and buy your product or service and for those of your competitors. Stick with us. We'll be right back. 
This is Cindy Davis with Strategic HR Partners. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she is a great resource for business owners. HR level thinkers are high level thinkers and they listen to The Sherry Hill Show. Thank you, Sherry. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Bye, kiddos. More coffee, dear? Yeah, honey, but just a bit. It's going to be another hot one today. Doris and Phil next door are getting their swimming pool ready. The kids were asking when they could invite their friends over for a pool party. Let's go to Pool Supply Outlet today. Good idea. I saw the Pool Supply Outlet TV spot last night. Everything in the store is super low price. We need chlorine tablets, pass the salt, and this year I want to get some noodle swords and a big blow-up shark so I can be king of the pool. Right, babe. Pool Supply Outlet also has great prices on robotic pool cleaners. Pass the butter. We should get one so I can spend more time enjoying the pool. You mean so I can spend more time enjoying the pool and your koi pond that's right pool supply outlet is right next door to oasis pond maintenance and supply they've got the best prices in town on pond treatment and fish food hurry up so we can get going do you know how to get there it's at the corner of glendale avenue and marietta and sparks pool supply outlet 881 glendale avenue i also want one of those cute duck decoys pool supply outlet 881 glendale avenue in sparks pool supply outlet reno.com Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. Before you know it, the hot days will be here again with temperatures scorching into the 90s and even the 100s. SunTech solar screens block 80 to 90% of the sun's heat and glare, and SunTech solar screening protects furnishings and flooring. Call SunTech Solar Screening, 775 352 9396. SunTech Solar Screening, 775 352 9396. This is Dwayne Cummings, author of The Sensational Salesman. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is sensational and amazing. Knowledge is power. All pricing champions have a methodical system in place when it comes to market research. They know exactly what questions must be answered and by whom in order to consider the insight complete, true, and qualified for basing business decisions off of. They understand that this insight must include internal perceptions within the company, as well as the external perceptions from customers, non-customers, and complete strangers. Simply stated, these companies understand this insight must cover everything as it will serve as the first step to in their climb. My insightful guest, Per Chauffeur's founder and CEO of Atanga, is frequently quoted in the financial press, including in Fortune Magazine, Inc., Industry Week, and the Financial Times. He is a regular speaker at conferences around the world. So, Per, let's talk about market research and why you know the importance of research in any pricing project cannot be overstated. Um, 
Yeah, Sherry, well, it's interesting that you're saying that because pricing um, research is actually a little different than market research. And, and um, it, 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 there's a couple of key takeaways. It, uh, first of all, it, it has to be anonymous. And, and when you measure willingness to pay, which, again, you can do very accurately, you have to do the, the, uh, the research anonymous because otherwise uh, the respondents to your survey will, um, will you know, they will tweak your, your, their answers to, towards the lower range of what they would be willing to pay because they simply want to have a better deal next time they buy something from you, whether it's a product or a service. The second uh, point, which is also very interesting, is that you have to do this research both within your own company and between you know, your marketplace. And the reason is that in every company, you know, salespeople, marketing people, executives goes out and they talk to customers. Uh, sometimes they also talk to non-customers, uh, although that's not so frequent. But because these people want a better deal next time they buy from you, whatever they buy, they tend to sometimes outright lie, sometimes just withhold information, sometimes tell you what they think you want to hear. And, and that creates a sort of a corporate gut feel about the market that is obviously not completely wrong because you're in business, but it's not completely right either. And, and when, you, when you can contrast anonymous research with research into your company on what your company thinks about your customers, then suddenly you will see that there are gaps. Sometimes the gaps are huge, sometimes the gaps are smaller, but it means that anything you do in the company is not 100% aligned with your customers. And so you're sort of not buying on all apes. And once you know where the gaps are, and that can be perceptions in general, it can also be about willingness to pay. And often we find that customers to us have a much lower belief about what their clients are actually willing to pay than the clients are willing to pay. So, and that drives internal downward pricing pressure and so forth. Part of this is businesses, because you're talking about pricing projects. So most people think, you know, you're, you're in business, you've set your prices, they have great fear if they have to raise a price. How often are you working with the organizations that you work with? I mean, is this something you should be doing every year? Is this every three years? How do you really help people understand the importance of a pricing project within their organization? And then, of course, your six steps and the methodical way you go through it. The general term is sort of rule is that you should make small price changes frequently. Okay, and the reason is that let's say you increase your prices with a couple of percent every six months. Uh, doesn't sound much, but after a couple of years, that makes a big difference. And that also prevents you from coming up to the situation where, where suddenly you're sort of back against the wall and you realize that you can't go on anymore because probably the cost has increased and suddenly you have to do a, a very substantial price change. Now, that is also possible to do if you prep in the right way, but it's much easier to 
continue to to nug up those prices uh, a little bit every every six months or maybe even uh, every three months. It, it really depends on on the circumstance in okay. your company. I have a great example. So UPS every year they raise their prices across the board. I think it's two percent or three percent, right? Consistently every single year. And you attribute it to, you know, price of gas and all that. Well, for the last year or so, gas prices were, you know, low. And so when the price increase showed up in January, it really made me question, do they have a pricing strategy or is it just across the board? Because we know they're not paying more in gas. And so it forced me to go out and look at other options. First of all, the airlines are doing the same thing, you know. The whole airline industry is is an interesting sort of case study because they almost disappeared as an industry, you know, like what five six years ago. And what they started to do was simply supply, you know. And when yeah. you cut supplies, which they did across the board, suddenly demand generates higher prices, and that's why the airline industry now has you know load factors that are close to ninety percent, which is you know, good for them and not so good for us who travel, but it also has made the airline industry more profitable than I think in the last 30 years or so. Right. It's also interesting what you're saying about UPS because there has to be some intelligence behind it. And, and if you use gas prices as a reason for increasing prices and then gas prices doesn't increase again, a lot of people will, will, will have exactly the same thought as you and start looking for alternatives. Now, there is something else here which is very, very important as you go up in pricing, and that is that thanks to the psychology of pricing, there's something that we call price walls. And price walls are price points where a, a small price change can make a very large difference in your sales volume. And if you priced yourself too low, which many does, you come to one of these price walls, you, you inch up your price a little bit, and then you see your sales level also explode because suddenly you're getting closer to that point where your price is aligned with your customer's willingness to pay. On the other hand, if you price yourself on the high side, you come to one of these price walls and you up your price a bit, and suddenly you see your sales level drop substantially. We have seen occasions where you know you go from 4.99 for of a product to 500 bucks, and you lose two thirds of your sales volume. So knowing where these walls are incredibly important, and you can't guess them; you have to measure them. And that is what we do in pricing research to measure where these walls are. So that's where it comes back to some of the anonymous, the surveys, or just talking to people. Yep. But internally, the sales team, you know, do they believe enough in your product? Or do you ha have you spent enough time on what are those value drivers behind why your price is what it is? And so, again, that's, that's a lot of the psychology. It is, it is psychology. Let me tell you a story. There's something called a third-party administrator. For those who doesn't know what it is, it's uh, somebody who is a service organization that takes care of your pension plan. What they actually do is to make sure that your pension plan is compliant with ever-changing rules and regulations. So it's a compliant management process. Now, these guys, the industry call themselves 
third-party administrator. An administrator is, of course, a very low-value word. It means taking a piece of paper and sticking it in a folder somewhere. What they actually do is compliance management. If you sell yourself as administration, people are willing to pay roughly between $1,000 and $1,200 a year for this. But if you instead sell yourself as what they actually do, compliance management, people are willing to pay 5000 bucks. Nice. So just, <laughs> just by, just by your, your message, your marketing message to your clients, suddenly uh, these, these folks, folks can increase their prices with 4X. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you to share your insights into the fact that most companies often operate just from a simple pricing strategy, which often leaves them struggling with profitability. Having a great conversation with Per Force, who is the founder and CEO of Atanga. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Ruth Urban from Henderson, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she gives so much back to the community. Sherry Hill is the best. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. SunTech Solar Screening is proud to offer innovative products, giving you control over your environment and increasing the comfort and value to any residential or commercial building. Call SunTech Solar Screening, 775-352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening, 775-352-9396. Many times, closing a real estate deal fast is the key to getting the great deal done. At Socotra Capital, we help you get the money fast. This is Dave Washburn, Vice President of Loans and Investments at Socotra Capital. We are a hard money lender for real estate transactions that need to close fast, way before banks or institutional financing can complete the deal. We're ready to talk to you about closing your transaction quickly, and we can get you the money fast. Visit www.socotracapitalnevada.com or call 775-420-4990 for a personal appointment. Thank you. Socotra Capital Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. David Washburn's NMLS agent number 51269, NMLS 331429, MLD 4075, company NMLS number 1142425, Socotra Capital, Nevada, Incorporated. This is Jill Lublin, your radical influence expert. You're listening to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. This is Sherry Hill is the Wealth Protection Diva. If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. 
every company has a pricing strategy. It may be simple, like adding a fixed margin to the cost. It may be pricing based on a competitor's price list, or it may be something more elaborate. Simple pricing strategies have advantages. They're easy to understand, they're easy to implement, and it doesn't take a lot of company resources to develop, maintain, and communicate them. But they also have some serious flaws. They reduce the company's sales level. They leave money on the table. They accelerate commoditization. Overall, they decrease a company's ability to compete and grow. In short, companies with simple pricing strategies are never the market leaders. They're nearly always the underdogs. They always struggle, never having enough resources for sales, marketing, and product service development never having enough resources to innovate. They struggle with profitability. In fact, price-savvy companies are usually the market leaders. They're the companies others aspire to become, the companies who earn the most money and grow the fastest. They're the companies with resources to innovate, and those are the companies that generate the highest shareholder value. Per Showforce, a thought leader in the world of pricing strategy, is founder and CEO of Atanga, an organization of business people who bring experience from more than 70 industries and 400 projects to your company. They use in-depth, practical pricing research, deep analysis, and competitive intelligence to help their clients price their goods and services correctly and make better business decisions. If you want more information, you can visit their website at atenga, A-T-E-N-G-A dot com. So, per if there's a better way to price, what does it look like? It's all about measuring willingness to pay and price according to your customers' willingness to pay. Interesting intro there. I want to give you some examples of companies who use some of these simple pricing strategies. I'm not going to mention names here, but one company was selling exercise programs to gyms. Uh, they had about a, a half a dozen or maybe a dozen different uh, gyms, and they, they sold those in bundles. They've been flat for years, had no growth, and the, the way they had set their prices was simply by throwing, like, throwing dots on the board. Um, there was no science. It was just all about trying to find a price that they thought would be good. And in fact, we, we did our research. We discovered, uh, of course, that they had priced themselves wrong. And uh, we adjusted three prices. Two went down, one went up. As a result of that, they started to grow at 5% a month, which is spectacular as a result. Just three small price changes, and you go from flat sales for years to growth at 5% a month. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And another company, they're in the uh, sort of whole house area, so they're selling ceiling speakers and stuff like that. What they did, these products are made in China, and, of course, they simply just doubled the landed cost. Uh, and we could easily find that that was completely wrong, you know. So we advised them to increase their prices quite substantially, actually. And not only were, did we increase prices specifically on their 
best-selling models with one we doubled the price or even a little bit more and the the other one we upped the price with 50 percent and in both those cases it led to uh, for the most expensive one it led to a 150 percent increase in revenues from that product and about a 50 percent increase in sales and their general price level was also too low so in addition to to these specific prices um, the company started to inch up their overall price level with 10% every six months. When they came to us, they were so scared to change prices because they just thought that the bottom will fall out of their company. But in fact, they inched up 10%. Nobody noticed. You know, they inched up another 10%. Nobody still noticed, you know. And it went on from that. And because they had done what I talked about earlier, they believe their, their, their own customers saying that they were too expensive. Hmm. Well, I imagine in part of the research that you do more internal within the company is, you know, you've mentioned it before, a lot of companies leave money on the table. So other pricing strategies would be bundling, as you mentioned, you know, similar products or services or bringing in, you know, I've done it where you have a strategic alliance with somebody who has a great aftermarket product or service to sell. So how do you really help a business owner look at the big picture? Well, you use data. Every project we hear from our clients, they say, I had no idea. And, and it's that I have no idea that once you get the data to tell a company how they should price, it's quite easy because A, you, you can back up your recommendations with, again, hard data. And you take guesses and gut feel and all these simple ways of pricing out of the, out of the whole equation. And, and when you're data-driven, um, it, it simply just works a lot better. And that can, in some, like you say, the data can inform bundles. It can inform unbundles. It can inform how you do your discount structure if, if you have a discount you want to retain. Or it can inform how you remove your discount structure. It's all about doing what's right for, for any company's marketplace and, and not using guesses and gut feel and, and sort of rules of thumb. Well, I would think this one of the uh, larger benefit of all this, of course, comes down to the marketing side, because now when you truly believe, like if you're raising, you know, you've gone in, you've done the research, you realize that, wow, you guys are underpricing and your market will support uh, $10,000, $20,000 more for your product or service that now your marketing messages and, and all the things that support those higher prices, let's say, become stronger as well. So, there, so there's bigger effect for this whole exercise. Absolutely. And that is because you can, once you know, and, and we call it decision drivers and value drivers, once you know how your marketing messages affects willingness to pay, you better use those marketing messages that are most affecting, you know, willingness to pay and willingness to buy, as opposed to marketing messages that you feel is the right ones. It's all, all about the, the uh, using that data to enhance marketing. In fact, when companies come to us and they say they have a, a pricing problem, they have 
they discount too much, they get downward pricing pressure, and so forth. In almost all cases, what we find is that there is a disease in marketing and the symptoms show up in weak pricing, meaning that you fix your marketing from the pricing project and that gives you pricing power. So you can not only increase your prices, but discounting requests are, are mitigated and you train then the salespeople on how to defend your pricing, how to better deliver that value message that you know from research is the one that resonates best in the marketplace. And this has profound impact on companies of all sizes. After this message from our sponsors, I'm going to ask Per Force the founder and CEO of Atenga, to talk about how savvy companies are implementing price optimization schemes and why they're focusing on building their organization to serve their most profitable customers. But first, we're going to hear from my friend Rocket Tom, someone who helps me think outside the globe. Hi, this is Rocket Tom inviting you to take a moment to think outside the globe. All week long, you've been searching for solutions to business and personal problems. Now, a three-day holiday weekend is upon us. Not only should you be taking a physical break from work and worry, but how about taking a mental break that will bring you back to work with a whole new outlook on the world? Take a lesson from the great visionaries, the explorers, and the best of the problem solvers. Look to the stars, or, more to the point, think outside the globe. This weekend, Mars will be at its closest approach to the Earth in a decade. Dust off those old binoculars and spend some time out in the cool evening breeze, orienting yourself with the universe. Find the moon. It's in its waxing gibbous mode. And notice the ability to see the craters and mountains at the edge of the globe. Then focus your sights on Mars and see great detail firsthand that you've only seen in pictures. Then realize that we've already been to the moon seven times and we're planning to be on Mars by 2025. Once you've contemplated the vastness of the universe, the challenge we have to overcome in getting to the moon and the massive undertaking to land men on Mars, the problems you left behind in the office will seem to be less significant and they will pale in comparison to conquering the vastness of the universe. The issues won't vanish, but you've just experienced thinking outside the globe for the first time, and you open your mind to looking beyond what you can see that's right in front of you. You'll have a preference point to look to new horizons of problem solving and creativity. You'll also have spent some time enjoying the outdoors and appreciating the world more completely. For information about thinking outside the globe, visit rockettom.com. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? 
like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Bye, kiddos. More coffee, dear? Yeah, honey, but just a bit. It's going to be another hot one today. Doris and Phil next door are getting their swimming pool ready. The kids were asking when they could invite their friends over for a pool party. Let's go to Pool Supply Outlet today. Good idea. I saw the Pool Supply Outlet TV spot last night. Everything in the store is super low priced. We need chlorine tablets, pass the salt, and this year I want to get some noodle swords and a big blow-up shark so I can be king of the pool. Right, babe. Pool Supply Outlet also has great prices on robotic pool cleaners. Pass the butter. We should get one so I can spend more time enjoying the pool. You mean so I can spend more time enjoying the pool? And your koi pond. That's right. Pool Supply Outlet is right next door to Oasis Pond Maintenance and Supply. They've got the best prices in town on pond treatment and fish food. Hurry up so we can get going. Do you know how to get there? It's at the corner of Glendale Avenue and Marietta and Sparks. Pool Supply Outlet, 881 Glendale Avenue. I also want one of those cute duck decoys. Pool Supply Outlet, 881 Glendale Avenue in Sparks. Pool Supply Outlet, Reno.com. This is Pashofus from Atenga, the pricing experts. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. High-level thinkers are priced optimally to accelerate business growth, and they listen to The Sherry Hill Show. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit sherryhillshow.com. Most companies do not even know who their most profitable customers are. Failure to identify and focus on their most profitable customers leaves companies undefended against wilier competitors. My guest, Per Chauffors, a thought leader and serial entrepreneur who is the CEO of Stratinus Inc., a leading provider of price management software, and founder and CEO of Atanga Inc., an organization that uses incredibly detailed pricing research and in-depth interviews to analyze your sales transaction data to determine your customers and your marketplace's decision behavior. Their services have helped turn around the operations of over 100 businesses, which has helped CEOs and investors often double their company's growth rates, and in the process, sometimes even doubling or tripling revenues, doubling gross margins, and at times quadrupling shareholder value. Per, you state that the better you know your customers... The more competitive intelligence you have, the better you can serve them, and the higher your sales will be. So why do so many organizations spend most of their time serving their least profitable customers? That's a good question. (laughs) I've struggled with that too. There's a lot of inertia in in companies, and that's what we we see all the time, that, uh, you know, this is the way we've always done it. What you really want to do is that you want to look at at your customers and you want to map them on understanding how, you know, gross margin and sales and your cost to serve, how cost to serve for those customers actually, you know, affect the profitability of a a customer. You know, every business you have this 80-20 rule. And um, if if you look at cost to serve per customer, for a revenue level of, of that customer, 
you're going to find that 80% of them are probably not that profitable for you. But you have to be able, obviously, to, to calculate what the cost to serve is. People do it because of inertia. Now, once you know your customers that are not profitable, you have really two choices. You either need to fix it, meaning finding what is wrong here. Why does it cost so much to serve them? And why do we have so low profit margin for that customer? If you cannot fix them, then there's the, the alternative is to fire them, okay? Meaning stop doing business with them. Now, there's a couple of things there. What is the best way of firing a customer, okay? Well, if it's a customer that always asks for discounts, you simply stop giving them discounts. And uh, it's probably those customers who are asking for the most discounts are also the customers that are going to be the, the most expensive to serve, and they're also going to be those that are the least loyal to you because they are buying for price alone. Whereas the customers that are profitable for you, most profitable for you, really appreciate the value and the differentiators and, and the services and the products that you provide them. They are loyal to you because you give them something that they really want. And they're not only looking for lower prices. Right. And also, okay. they tend to refer more business. Yep. And this is something that is, is very interesting. McKinsey did a study a few years back, and what they found was that 82% of purchase managers are buying the best value, not the lowest price. If you as a salesperson, if you can't defend the value that you and your company give to customers, they're not going to buy you. They're not going to buy your product or services because they are looking for value. And if you can't defend value, the only way you can go is to lower your price. And I speak from personal experience. For years, been doing what I do, forming companies, and with the advent of on the online filing services, $99 plus state fees, I had a lot of people during that time when that was new, the very first question they would ask is, well, how much does it cost? And do you offer a discount? And because of all my experience, I know that is not my customer. And knowing that right up front, it saved me a lot of time because I wouldn't give them any. It comes with also that confidence and belief in what it is that you're doing and your product and your service. And, And this is especially for when you talk to people that are consultants or coaches or they offer a lot of service, CPAs and so on. This is where you've got to really know what your value is. And sometimes it is strange to go, wow, I have to fire maybe... Maybe when somebody finally realizes that the biggest customer they have, the guy that buys the most stuff from you is actually costing you money, how hard yeah. is it for you to help that business owner or or sales team to suck it up and go, wow, we can't do business with this guy anymore? I mean, that's got to be hard. Well, like, the way you do it is you increase prices. Mm-hmm. That's going to result in one or two scenarios. Either that customer that is actually actually sucking you dry is going to leave, or which which I have seen a million times, 
I have seen that they, they got this low price only because my client, the vendor, had salespeople who couldn't defend their prices. Once you go to that customer sucking you dry and say, I'm going to increase your prices with X percent, they're either going to leave or they're going to say, okay, we know you provide all this value and it's still worth the value. You've mentioned a good point is salespeople who can defend the pricing. Because how many times you talk about this in one of your white papers, which I really liked, is how you compensate salespeople, because this also affects your pricing strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. We did a project for, uh, this is a long time ago, a software company that the whole, the whole development team and the, also the executives, they were all PhDs. They had come up with this tremendously complicated pricing scheme that their customers didn't understand, their salespeople didn't understand, we couldn't understand it. And when we talked to the salespeople, they said, well, I go into a customer and because nobody understands the, the pricing strategy, I start by discounting with about 50, 60% and then we negotiate down from that. So <laughs> simplicity is good too, you know. Right, they, right. This company had created this monster of a pricing strategy because they were so smart, but it didn't work in the real world. Right. Well, and, and some of this is, you know, when you say, oh, it's simple to adjust a price, we know there's a domino effect, right? So the domino effect, yeah. how does it affect the salespeople, the customer, your marketing? So when we talk about pricing strategy, it's really you guys come in with that 50,000 foot aerial view and you're going to look at all that domino effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, once we did the research, we can actually tell those people and the executives the true willingness to pay was uh, we could simplify the very complex pricing strategy and the company could go forward in leaps and bounds. Per, do you like people to reach out to you through your website? Do you like them to pick up the phone and call? How would you like people to find you? Well, there's a couple of things. I've written a book, uh, well, it's more of a, like a booklet called Seven Easy Steps to Increase Prices and Keep Your Customers Happy. If you go to the our website, atenga.com, you can register to get a free copy. You can also buy it, of course, from Amazon, but you can register to get a free copy. And I can be reached directly on my first name, Per, P-E-R, which is a very common Scandinavian name. So Per at atenga.com. And uh, our phone number is uh, 818-887-4970. Well, you've been a wealth of information again. I really appreciate it. And for the listeners out there that have never really thought about, looked at, adjusted, or have any idea if they're making money, when they sell their product and service, per his website, his team are a phenomenal resource. So I look forward to catching up with you again. Per, thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. I'm looking forward to be on your show again. Well, with that, I'll end this show by saying this time, go out and sell something, but sell it to the right customer at the right price. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.
Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Bye, kiddos. More coffee, dear? Yeah, honey, but just a bit. It's going to be another hot one today. Doris and Phil next door are getting their swimming pool ready. The kids were asking when they could invite their friends over for a pool party. Let's go to Pool Supply Outlet today. Good idea. I saw the Pool Supply Outlet TV spot last night. Everything in the store is super low priced. We need chlorine tablets, pass the salt, and this year I want to get some noodle swords and a big blow-up shark so I can be king of the pool. Right, babe. Pool Supply Outlet also has great prices on robotic pool cleaners. Pass the butter. We should get one so I can spend more time enjoying the pool. You mean so I I can spend more time enjoying the pool. And your koi pond. That's right. Pool Supply Outlet is right next door to Oasis Pond Maintenance and Supply. They've got the best prices in town on pond treatment and fish food. Hurry up so we can get going. Do you know how to get there? It's at the corner of Glendale Avenue and Marietta and Sparks. Pool Supply Outlet, 881 Glendale Avenue. I also want one of those cute duck decoys. Pool Supply Outlet, 881 Glendale Avenue in Sparks. Pool Supply Outlet, Reno.com. So, you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R. That's S-U-M-M-I-T-F-U-N-D-I-N-G dot net forward slash L-C-A-R. Or call 775-626-0775. For personal service, this is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750, NMLS number 3199, and NMLS number 1042857. Thank you. Summit Funding Incorporated is located at 5931 Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105, Sparks, Nevada, 89436.